Hey everybody, thanks for listening and welcome. Lori and I are trying something new to try and make compliance a little bit more palatable. This is an educational podcast of sorts that'll help you, hopefully, better understand your compliance obligations. We hope you'll enjoy these additional materials, and as always, if you're one of our ongoing comprehensive clients, don't hesitate to reach out with your questions because at Advisor Compliance Services, we love to talk compliance. Hey everybody, we're back with another installment of the Compliance Podcast. It's just me today, so maybe I shouldn't have said we. Uh, Lori's not here with me, but I am still here to discuss an important topic and one that I kind of hope to get through quickly so that I don't waste anyone's time. But it's something that everybody has been a little bit interested in when we've mentioned it. It's investment advisor representative continuing education stuff. So at the end of November, I, I believe it was end of November 2021, a body that makes up all of the state securities regulators, NASA, N-A-S-A-A, not NASA, the folks who lob rockets and satellites into outer space, of course, they got together and decided to adopt a model rule related to IARCE requirements. Now, they're getting together and adopting that model rule had no effect on you all, which is why at that time, we simply mentioned it in quarterly updates to you all and occasionally when we're on calls. You will likely remember, though, that we said that, you know, this sort of made this an eventuality. This was going to come uh, and that it's all uh, now it's all coming to pass as several states as of the end of Last year, GAN adopting it, and now the steam's building until eventually as everyone's going to catch up to it. So we're going to talk about those things here now. As I sit here recording this, the following states per NASA's tracking have or are adopting it. Arkansas adopted it with an effective date beginning January 1st, 2023. Colorado, January 1st, 2024. Kentucky, January 2023. Maryland's went into effect January of 22, Michigan, January of 23, Mississippi, way back in January of 22, Oklahoma, already in effect of January 23, Oregon, already in effect in January of 23, South Carolina, in effect, uh, as of January 23, Vermont, in effect, as of January 2022, and Washington, D.C., uh, or rather Washington, D.C. and Wisconsin, January of 2023. So for those states for which it was effective in 2022, uh, so that would be Maryland, that would be Mississippi, and that would be Vermont, you'd have to meet those CE requirements before the end of 2022. For those in 2023, uh, it'll be the end of this year. And for those in 2024, it'll be the end of 2024 and so on. Okay, enough about that. Let's talk about what this is and what it entails. So if your state adopted or adopts the model rule that was devised by the group of state regulators, the basics are kind of the following, but you will need to, this is my caveat, check with your state uh, and see if they've adopted these specific requirements or if they've done their own, just kind of as a tweak. The only way to really know is to check. Most states are going to adopt the model rule, but I would go back and take a look at what the requirements are. So the NASA model rule is, 12 hours of CE in every calendar year, called a reporting period. Each hour is 50 minutes of instruction. Six of those hours have to be in ethics and professional responsibility. These topics cover more or less the stuff that we do, ethical and regulatory responsibilities. Unfortunately, and you'll kind of understand, you'll hear a little bit later as to why talking to us isn't going to count necessarily for CE credits, and then six hours of products and practices, which are the topics that are kind of the nuts and bolts of your everyday. When you select a course, it'll tell you what sort of credit it entails, 
No courses are specifically mandatory, which is to say that you could pick and choose whatever interests you. However, you can't take the same exact course twice and receive credit both times. And you should kind of be able to actually identify that by the course number specifically. Additionally, you can take as many hours as you want beyond 12 every year, but it won't carry over your credit until the next year. Finally, in order to get credit, the courses need to be approved and offered by an authorized provider. And you may be thinking, you know, hey, I've been doing this for 25 years. I probably get an exemption or I'm a CFP. I'm probably exempted. That's not necessarily true in either case per se. There is a benefit to holding a professional designation. And that is that the county, it's the counting of credits you'd be required to get to maintain your designation uh, or being a member of NAPFA uh, and satisfying the continuing education to remain a member may also count toward the CE requirement. The only wrinkle is that the course you take for your professional designation must also be approved for CE purposes, and you'll be able to tell when you select it. So you'll see it. It'll be in that kind of, you know, oh, I'm going to pick this for my CE requirements, and it'll also say, you know, qualified also for IARC or something like that. Now, in order to get credit for the course, you got to do a little more than just sit through it. Each course is going to end with a short assessment to verify that you understood the material. Generally speaking, if you're taking the course as a standalone CE course, you have to score 100% on the assessment to get credit, but you do have unlimited attempts. If you're taking a course that counts both for your professional designation and CE credit, some of those courses, and you'll know better than I will, of course, because you're a CFP or you're a Chartered Financial Analyst, they're going to have a passing score of 70%. Similarly, I guess, to you know when you're taking it for that specific purpose, but you will only have three attempts to take that assessment when that's the case. So where do you find approved IRC providers? Well, this was all NASA's brilliant idea, and surprisingly, they sort of go out of their way to try to make it easy for you. The NASA website, which is nasa.org, and that's N as in November, A as in Alpha, S as in Sierra, A as in Alpha, A as in Alpha, dot org, O-R-G, has an industry resources page. And on that page is a listing of resources for investment advisors. So they, that includes a link to specifically, quote, IARCE resources, end quote. Once you get to the IARCE resource page, you're going to see a listing for, quote, approved IARCE providers, unquote, and a hot link that says learn more. When you click on the learn more hot link, you're going to get a list of available CE providers and hot links to their sites. When you find a provider, as mentioned, you need 12 credits a year, six in products and practices, six in ethics and professional responsibility. No specific courses are required. They just need to be approved, like I said before. You may see some providers referred to as authorized or approved, but that is, that's going to end up meaning the same thing. There is, of course, the question of what this will all cost. And that seems to be something that's going to vary from provider to provider and maybe course to course. Something interesting that I found that seems to be developing is that there are courses on offer from some of the individual states and from NASA itself. And it'd be a good practice to check those out as they tend to be offered at a reduced rate or no cost. Also, remember, just because a state is offering a course doesn't mean that it's only good for CE in that state. So check that out and make sure it's not. Um, I think as this whole thing sort of continues to develop, you're going to see a lot more CE that's going to be provided by the states or by NASA. Again, 
it may not get op- updated as often. So if you've taken it once and it retains that same course number, you won't be able to get credit for again, but it's worth looking into. Okay, so what if you're an IAR in more than one state? And not all the states have adopted CE requirements. So first thing to remember, it's possible that there is variation from one state to another regarding their IAR CE rule, as I said above. The model rule is just that. It's there to be adopted as is or modified uh, to an individual state's needs. Just check on the specifics. With that said, as a general rule, the regulator's intentions with this were to create a national standard. Okay, with that said, if you're in multiple states, but one has adopted and one hasn't, you'll still need to comply with the rule in the state that has adopted the CE requirements. Similarly, suppose you're in three states, two have adopted the rule and one hasn't. Same situation, you'll comply with the requirements in the two states that have adopted the rule. And you're not going to be required to acquire 12 CE credit hours in each state. You'll simply need to acquire 12 hours total. So what if you're registered in a state already that requires CE and midway through the year you register as an IAR in another state that has a CE requirement? Luckily, the stuff you've already done that year will apply to the new state CE requirements. And all the stuff you acquire moving forward will likewise apply to both states. Of course, if you're deficient in one state, you're going to be deficient in both states too. So keep that in mind. Finally, what if you're only registered in states with no CE requirement? Then, mid-year, you register in an I, as an IR in a state that does have a CE requirement. For example, you register in July 2023. Do you need to finish up all that CE in just six months? No. The CE requirements will kick in for the next reporting period, which would begin in this case in 2024. The same is true of folks who are registering for the very first time. So you bring on some someone new in July 2023 and you're in a state with a CE requirement, their obligations won't begin until 2024. So let's talk about tracking your continuing ed credits for compliance. So that's the rundown on courses and requirements, but that's sort of only half the battle, like I said. You have to track your progress and make sure you're fulfilling those requirements. And to do that, you need something called a FinPro account. FINRA has been tracking CE for the broker-dealer community for a long while. So just like the way they administer the RIA filing system, they've been brought on to help track for this, this stuff for investment advisor reps too. Remember, your registration is going to be tied to the completion of your CE credits and their submission. So tracking this is one of your responsibilities. The FINPRO account will allow you to do that. And this, if you don't have one, is how you get one. Okay, step one. Go to FINRA.org, right? That's F as in Frank, I as in India, N as in November, R as in race car, and A as in alpha.org. For those of you who know the phonetic alphabet out there, by the way, I'm sorry. It left me a long time ago, so I'm really doing my best. So find the heading near the top middle that says registration, exams, and CE, and click it. Then, Click on Registration Systems in the left-hand window that you see. Under Registration Systems in the left-hand window, click on Financial Professional Gateway, FinPro. And that's going to take you to a page that will tell you everything you need to know, depending on whether you're a first-time FinPro user or you're a returning FinPro user. And if you are a first-timer, this will help you set up an account and teach you how to navigate the system. Okay, so... Once you get set up in the FinPro system and start taking CE courses, you'll start to see them appearing in your account. You'll notice that each course gets identified by a course ID number. Kind of mentioned this already. This is important to note. Like I said, 
you can't get credit for taking a course more than once. And this is how you'll know that a course is a duplicate because it's going to have the same exact course ID number. From time to time, old courses will get updated. And when this happens, they're going to get new course IDs. So if you take an updated version of an old course, as long as it has a new number, you're going to get credit for it. Speaking of credit, and that's important in this case, how do you get it? After you finish a course, the provider reports to the folks at FINRA who successfully completed a course. While it's ultimately your responsibility to get the CE done, you're really not in a position to control the reporting, which is why you get that fancy FINPRO account. So you can make sure the CE is getting reported correctly. The provider submits everything and you trust, but verify. In any case, Look, as discussed, all the stuff gets submitted to the system maintained by FINRA so the state regulators can look at what you've completed, what you need, etc. Importantly, though, what will you see is the question, right? Well, when you get into your individual accounts, you're going to see color-coded notifications relating to whether you've satisfied your CE requirements for a given period. You're going to see three things. There's a green field that'll say satisfied. That means that your registration requires you as an IAR to complete CE and you've satisfied that requirement. There's a yellow field that'll say required. That means your registration requires you as an IAR to complete CE and you haven't completed all the required CE just yet. Finally, there's a blue field and that might say, or that will say if you see it, failed to renew. What that means is you failed to complete your CE for two, not one, two reporting periods, and now your registration has failed to renew. In other words, if over the course of a given year you fail to get all your required CE credits, you're going to show up as deficient, but your registration is going to renew. It's just going to let you know you've been deficient. If you're short in a given year, then the next year you're going to have to make up that shortfall and that year's requirements too. If you fail to have all the credits you need, 24 in total, at the end of that second reporting period, that second year, your registration will not renew, which means you can't give investment advice to clients and you can't work and nobody wants that. There's another window that'll show you the courses you've taken. Again, this window will let you know about your progress, whether you've satisfied your current year's requirement. It'll also show you whether you've completed their previous year's requirement. Additionally, you'll see the courses you've completed, including the provider's name, course name, course ID, and the date you took it what type of credit the course is, and how many the course counts for. The same window will also notify you if you've taken the same course twice and you won't receive credit for it. Finally, you can also access the transcript screen. You're going to see all the course information we discussed above. However, there's an additional wrinkle. If you don't see a course pop up on your transcript after 10 days have passed since you took that course, reach out to the CE vendor and see what's going on. All that stuff was about individuals, but there's also a firm view for this stuff too. And that's going to allow firms to review their IAR's progress. In firm view, you're going to have a screen that provides a snapshot of a given IAR. And you'll see the same color-coded system of satisfied, which is green, required, which is yellow, and fail to renew, which is blue. You'll additionally have a screen similar to that for an individual in which you, it informs you that the IAR took a course that was already taken and that they won't receive credit for a second time. Finally, the firm can access screens that display reports of all the associated IARs and their IAR CE status in a given year over multiple years. If there are multiple firms under a single umbrella, which I don't think really applies to many or any of our folks, but still, the system can display a similar report broken down by the specific firms 
with which each IAR is associated. What about deficiencies and failures to complete? Well, we kind of touched on that briefly above, but here's the gist. If an IAR fails to complete all their CE requirements in a reporting period in which it's required, but they pay their renewal fees timely, and their then their registration will renew. However, their registration status will show as approved hyphen pending CE. You'll still be able to conduct business, but you're getting close to not being able to. If an IAR then fails to complete the next year's CE, the IAR's registration will not renew. It'll terminate, and it's going to show up as IAR CE failed to renew. There's a final wrinkle here. An IAR who was previously registered and became unregistered will have to complete their IARCE for all the reporting period that occurred between the time they became unregistered and when they re-registered unless they sit for and pass the Series 65 or 66. That's kind of a pain. Okay, so there it all is, clear as mud. Actually, I, I don't know. As I sit and I think about it, it's really not that bad. It kind of makes sense. But I could be saying that as somebody who's been satisfying, you know, um, law license CLE requirements for, I guess, wow, gosh, 10, 12 years now. Uh, of course, some of you are CFPs and some of you are charter financial analysts, and you've done that too. So this shouldn't be that scary for you either. Look, the important thing is to remember, one, get a FinPro account like we talked about above so that you can track your CE credits. Two, check out nasa.org. That's November Alpha Sierra Alpha Alpha.org to see about the approved CE providers. And three, just make sure to stay on top of your CE credits and the reporting of the providers. In the end, these requirements are going to determine whether you can keep doing your job. As usual, happy to be able to be here and talk to you about this stuff, help you out with any information that I might have. If you have any questions, feel free to shoot us an email and we'll try to fill you in as best as we can. Again, I don't think this is too painful though. Uh, and I look forward to everybody successfully completing their investment advisor representative CE requirements. Thanks, and we'll talk again soon.